is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Arabell. It's true. Fantasy Focus Baseball for Thursday, June 20th, 2019. I am indeed Eric. He is league winner Tristan. We have Kyle Soppy handling myriad hash browns and producing duties while Tom Carpenter quietly, astutely, editorially watchdogs. On today's fine show, it's another weekend preview, I believe, plus more home runs, more prospects, more injuries, more hash browns. It's basically just more of everything. We'll try to keep it into a tidy, I don't know, 45 to 50 minutes or so. We'll see if we can do that. I don't know if we can. Thursdays <laughs> are tough. i got to be honest. Mondays seem like they're easier. Thursdays, it's like there's so much we have to get to, Tristan, because yeah. there's so many things happening during a week. A week. Why am I wasting time? We Let's set our goals, and then we fall immensely short. Let's do it. <laughs> Here's the buzz. We're, we're nothing if not consistent. Yes. <laughs> All right. Where should we start? Max Scherzer busted his nose. Then he dominated the Phillies. I think that would have happened anyway. Um, <laughs> That's so Max Scherzer, though. It was. You know what? I and, and look, I'm a Phillies fan. Okay. And I'm like, they have no chance today. You, you saw it early. Like he was angry. He was throwing hard. He hadn't thrown that hard with average velocity in a game in seven years. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oh, He my was like, goodness. I'm angry. We haven't played in a couple of days. My arm feels great. I'm just going to blow these guys away. <laughs> and it wasn't that difficult. <laughs> Break my nose. That's it. Cy Young. A couple of, speaking of Cy Young, a, couple, a, a, a former winner and a possible future winner both got lit up yesterday. Just want to get your, you know, your, your angle on this. Blake Snell could not get more than one out against the Yankees. Could not throw strikes. Um, that was bad. Lucas Giolito was throwing strikes, but they were hitting him over the fence. Um, are you worried about any of these guys? I assume Snell is still a top 10 guy to you and Giolito borderline top 20, but uh, do you have concerns? Not really. I think those numbers he threw are still pretty right. Uh, it's just that reminder, and we've said this with Giolito, that it doesn't all go with complete perfection each and every time. The fact that he had won, what was it, nine starts in a row? <laughs> I mean, come on. I want to talk about an uh, incredible hot streak. I mean, that was inevitably going to regress to some degree, so I'm discarding that one. Snell... You know, Snell's season really hasn't been as good as people think it has. He's had some very good outings. I've watched a few, including a previous one against the Yankees, where he just absolutely dominated them. I think it was a four or five inning thing, and then he fell apart late. So there's been a little bit of inconsistency within the outings in terms of the command and the durability, I'd say, the, the stamina, probably. But, you know, overall, I'm still saying he's a top 10 starter. Is there a story here when a starting pitcher has an amazing season. We all think he's good anyway, but then he comes out with an amazing season, and then the next year it's like back to what he was before. Can't throw strikes or or like Aaron Nola, Blake Snell. I feel like there's others that were really, really good last year unexpectedly, and now they're just kind of sputtering along trying to figure it out. It's like every year is so different than the year before for pitchers. Do you mm -hmm. find that or no? I, I hear there's a word for that. Some Some word with an R I heard. Oh, regret. No, regression is not the word because Aaron it's, Nola was It is literally regression. <laughs> it's literally regression. Yeah, but I don't like calling what Blake Snell did yesterday regression. I, I think he's struggling to find command. I think Nola is too. Like, it's, he's inefficient. Is that regression to the mean? What mean is there for right. Snell and Nola? Yeah, like, I, I, the, the problem I have with this is when we use the word regression, I like to use it as the regression to the mean, which means that you don't expect the players, in Giolito's case, this is the example, to put up the exact pace numbers that they have been. I don't think of regression as a bad word. I think your, your Snell example, it's an apt one here because, yeah, it's a little bit different from that. Um, I, 
I'm not sure what I exactly I would call it. He 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 just sometimes is not quite right this season. I, I think he's just off. I think that superstar players occasionally are off. You're not going to be 100% on any given day. Heck, I know I'm not. <laughs> I know I'm not 100% for every show. <laughs> Maybe today. Who knows? I doubt it. Um, let's let's go. I just have a list of names here, so there, there might not be rhyme or reason here, but I don't care. Let's just buzz through all this as, as fast as we can. Astros get Altuve back. Springer could be next week. Thoughts here? Great news if you got him. I I don't really see any reason to be significantly concerned other than the Altuve setback was a little bothersome. Trevor Story hurt his thumb again yesterday, but they think it's okay. But Brandon Rogers, if they call him up today to play shortstop regularly, I am in, aren't you? Yep. Okay. Just something to watch. We don't know if, if Trevor Story's hitting the injury list or he's playing today. I have no idea. He, he's not Trevor Story. we got to be clear on that. Story's an amazing player. I, I think that, that he set a bar that Rogers can't possibly meet. But, uh, yeah, pick him up everywhere. Play him everywhere. If that uh, Logan Allen debuted for the Padres. Chris Paddock is back this weekend. We told everybody not to worry about Paddock. Who do you like more? You have one roster spot. Paddock. Okay. Very easily Paddock. It was Paddock in the beginning of the year. It was Paddock after the hot streak. It was Paddock the day of the demotion. It's Paddock today. It's Paddock tomorrow. Paddock's a better pitcher. Um, we were going to get to this later, but I wrote it down now. Tyler Choward starts today, but Adbert Alzale is up, the big guy, curveball guy for the Cubs, and he's going to pitch in relief, we think, today, and we don't know who gets to start next week. Mm-hmm. Would you add Alzale in a deeper league today? Uh, in a deeper league, certainly, yeah. I, I, and I think there is a decent chance that uh, since Kyle Hendricks is going to miss a decent chunk of time, that Alzale could move into that rotation spot. They're going to line it today as, sounds like Chatwood is an opener, maybe he throws two, three innings, and then Alzale's the guy who comes on relief, pro- probably with the same amount. It's a two-start week next week, so why not speculate? And speaking of young pitching, Yamamoto of the Marlins or Zach Gallen, who de- de- debuts today? Marlins starting pitching is pretty good. I'm, I'm now concerned about Pablo Lopez, who has a shoulder injury. But um, Zach Gallon's numbers in the Myers were tremendous. And Miami starters aren't winning much, but they're pitching pretty well. They, they are. And I, I like the overachievers here. I mean, the Marlins rotation as a whole for the past calendar year feels like they've done this. If I'm going to choose between them, I'll just take Gallon's minor league numbers. But I, I don't think that's a slam dunk. I think you could you could draw the name the two names out of a hat, and whichever comes up, you'll be just as equally fine with. Gallon does not have the rep- reputation as a front of rotation guy. Just be clear on one thing. He was the number 19 prospect. Just for the Marlins, not in the top 100 of Keith Law's preseason list. And Yamamoto was only a spot ahead of him using the MLB rankings on their own team today. So it tells you a lot. Gallon ceiling is not what people seem to be making it out to be. More home runs rest of the year. Justin Upton or Jose Ramirez? <laughs> that's Oh, that's a good one. Um, Upton's homer twice this week already, although one was off Edwin Jackson. I feel like you might have been able to do that. <laughs> um, Ramirez homer yeah. for the first time. It was more than a month since his last home run. This is getting out of hand. I'll take Ramirez, but I, I, I like, Ooh, yeah. You'll mm. take Ramirez and more home runs than Upton the rest of the year. I won't. I, you got to, I mean, you wouldn't ask it if you didn't think it was close. Uh, I don't think it's close, actually. I guess I, I mean, I guess I, I could be asking this as who would you rather roster in a fantasy league and who would hit more home runs? And I'm, I don't want to say I'm giving up on Ramirez, but I'm kind of giving up on Ramirez now. Like I, if I had him, like I've been telling people you got to wait it out because you're probably in 10th place if he was your first round pick. But man, I would, I would trade him for Justin Upton right now. Mm. I'd, ho- I'd hope you could get better. Now this from our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? 
With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. A quick look at the app store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How is that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. They break down the details for you. Green dots mean good deals, red dots are overpriced, and every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. It's true. All you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Now, how about a look at the combo meals? Hey, it's a combo meal. Danny Santana did it on Monday. Mookie Betts and Jeff McNeil did it on Tuesday. Our friend Mark Simon tweeted out some amazing stats on McNeil the other day. And I replied and said, this is my favorite one. First 58 games of the season, he was 0 for 4 on stolen base attempts. Last two days, he's 2 for 2. I don't know. Maybe he got faster all of a sudden. It's just something that (laughs) – it interests me, Tristan, because Jeff McNeil, I think, can win the NL batting title this season. I really do. Like, you know, when Ballinger comes down a little bit. I think Jeff McNeil can bat 330. With like 12 home runs, score lots of runs, and maybe even steal 12 bases. I love that. And I'm glad that he's stealing bases. He's a a good and underrated player. He is a good and underrated player. All right. um, What else is next here? And then somebody tweeted out that Mookie Betts actually has a lower OPS than than, um, Clint Frazier. (laughs) Actually, I think at the day that he got demoted, they had the same OPS. But, I mean, it's incredible that those two matched. Yeah, and check out the story by Tim Heaney um, on our website about uh, players that could use a change of scenery in the next five weeks before the trade deadline. Clint Fraser should be number one on that list. Lots of closer opportunities, too. Oh, let's talk closers. Here's the carousel. The Closer Carousel. Um, as I wrote my blog today, not a whole lot, I think, to watch this weekend. The two teams I'm looking at, the Reds and the Twins. Michael Lorenzen has the last two saves for Cincinnati, while Razel Iglesias pitched the eighth inning and into the ninth and one. That could be changing. Um, and then the Twins, I think Blake Parker's on like some list for, I don't know. Uh, the family emergency or family or something. Yeah. So Taylor Rogers should get their save chances this weekend, and maybe that'll continue. Um Diego Castillo, didn't he pitch like the fifth inning yesterday? I know they were getting blown out, but still. Like, the third, I think it was. That's weird. They it's... had to piece that together. I, I, I don't take an awful lot away by the, the, yeah. the way that they used their pitchers yesterday. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was Emilio Pagano pitch, pitch a third. I think it was You're the right. fifth for Castillo. Yeah. Um, don't worry about Roberto soon. He's not losing the job. Um, Ryan uh, Presley, you, uh, you uh, think uh, there's a problem there? No, I'm, I'm a little surprised we've glossed over Trevor May's possibility. I just don't think. I mean, he had one safe chance. He's been pitching sixth and seventh inning. He doesn't. He I mean, hasn't lately. He's been used as the primary setup man to Taylor Rogers lately. It, with Blake Parker out, or because he struggled? They've just been using him now. Parker May had one of those games out of the past four where he was a little shaky, and Parker came on to relieve him in the eighth. But otherwise, May had been the guy pitching that, and he snuck in that off day save. That's a complete committee to me. But okay. it's interesting that May's working back into that mix because, remember, you and I talked about this a lot. He was just not a factor the first six weeks. Wade Davis is just kind of bad, but I don't see him losing the job unless he's on the injured list, which he's not. 
Um, Craig Kimbrell, maybe in a week? I don't know. I think it is almost mathematically one week from now that Craig Kimbrell comes back. I think the minute he does the back-to-back effective days in the minors, he's up. Brief recap on the last couple of days. Mike Clevenger, I didn't think it was that bad. He was getting strikeouts, uh, two inherited runners. I still trust him greatly. Do you? He got hurt in, I believe, the second inning of this yeah, game. Yeah, like so the fact, ankle or something. Yeah, the fact that he pitched through that, because they are mentioning that he's not 100% for his next start. I think he'll make it. Uh, I, I don't want to read too much into the numbers just because I know he was pitching at a little less than top form. Worried about Zach Wheeler? It's a high ERA. Yeah, somebody even made the point that that the the peripheral numbers you know backed up him improving over time, and now they've uh, the peripherals have gotten worse and caught up with the traditional roto stats. That's not a good trend. Homer Bailey, any interest? No, no, me neither. Zilch. He's Do not you? Lance Lynn. People, I'm I'm all in on Lance Lynn, but not Homer Bailey. You agree or no? Uh, you don't. I, I like Lance Lynn. But, a lot of but, strikeouts, and that's not Samarja other numbers either. Like that's like that's a decent season Lancelin's having. It, it is, and and he's done this a lot. He he tends to have two to three month outstanding and very underrated periods. The problem is that when Lancelin kind of goes wrong with the command, it 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 goes very badly. I mean, five plus ERA almost Edwin Jackson ish. Thursday's pitchers, um, Jimmy Nelson. How long do you wait? He's on ESPN Plus against the Reds today. I just thought he hasn't been able to pitch deep into the games either. I guess it takes time. He yeah. didn't pitch last year, but man, I, I just don't. Like, it's been don't. a long time. I think he, I think he he gets three to five starts, but in in our game especially, you we cannot afford patience like that. Uh, if you have one spot, do you add Zach Gallon or Framber Valdez? Mm, Framber's been pretty good lately. It's at Yankee Stadium though. Yeah. Gallon's facing this Cardinals lineup that can't score any runs. They're yeah, one of the worst teams this month. They they do have bats in the lineup, but as you've pointed out, they've been extremely streaky. Paul DeYoung is still great an example of that. Nary a stolen base for Paul Goldschmidt. Isn't I'm, that I'm, I don't I don't feel great about using either one this week, so I'm looking at this from the long term stash and I'm going Valdez. Julio Urias supposedly uh, maybe a two inning opener today for the Dodgers. Man, that's serious with the Giants. It's not even fair. <laughs> it's like the Pomerantz is just terrible. And they, Rich, Rich Hill went on the injured list, yeah. but and he's really good. It's just like if you drafted Rich Hill, you kind of knew he wasn't making thirty starts, didn't you? Yeah, but this doesn't sound very good. This does not sound like manipulation of the no. IL rules. Sounds like a legitimate injury. Friday um, on ESPN Plus, Michael Walker hosts Griffin Canning. I would go nowhere near Michael Walker. I'm just saying, but pitch well as last time. But I see your point. I want nothing to do with <laughs> I him. I know. No, no, Waka 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 jokes. I'm just not in at all. That's he's just bad. Um, the joke fell flat. Yeah. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Rockies are at the Dodgers this weekend. Herman Marquez and Walker Bueller. That's a good matchup on Friday night. I like that. Two yep. top twenty guys. Well, Marquez is probably he's, he's out of your top twenty. I think now. Man, I but don't it's know. It's not course. It's not course. I don't know what to think of Aaron Nola. He's just not the same. Uh, he could bounce back at any point. But I'm what's with the walk rate? Yeah, I mean he's just he's so inefficient now. Mm-hmm. Can't get through six innings. Weird. I I just what's with the walk rate? I that that's incredibly bothersome to me. It is not traditional Aaron Nola. Um, Dallas Keuchel at Washington Friday night. Um, we've been through this, I believe, talking about Keuchel already. But yep. I mean, it, do you expect immediate success because nobody's seen him in a while, or do you think he has to like work into a deep pitch count? Or and the Braves are scoring so many runs. I mean, they're going to win the division by. Double-digit games. Like, to me, that Atlanta offense is unbelievable right now. So Keuchel, even if he has an ERA of, like, 
Even if he's John Lester, he's going to win 10 games the rest of the year. Yeah, based on that team. Uh, and he is going to be a regular member of the rotation, health willing here. I'm out on this game, without a doubt. Uh, the beat reporters were all over the fact that despite the good line in AAA in the last start, he labored through that. So I am concerned in this particular game, especially with the enthusiasm and excitement of making his debut for the team. I, I, I worry about how deep he goes and how effective he is. Um, I should have mentioned, do you like Griffin Canning at the Cardinals? Again, they're not hitting very much. I, I kind of like Griffin Canning, and just from that aspect, also the fact that St. Louis does have a fairly pitching-leaning park, I, I guess I'm a go there. I'm not – it's not going to be a great outing. I think it'll be good, useful. That Astros-Yankees series should be a good one. Astros haven't won this week. Um, not that I would worry if I was an Astros fan. I mean, they're obviously very good. Just like you've been complaining about the Yankees. I mean, come on. They have like the best. They played very well against Tampa. Very, very they destroyed well. Destroyed Tampa. You were They're worried getting about healthy last too. Because it was ridiculous. What do you think the lineup ends up? Like Judge and Stanton. Just curious. Like, I guess for Luke Voigt purposes, why I'm asking the question. And Cam Maven t- to some degree. Like, do you, is Maven still going to be on the team? And does Luke Voigt stay in the number two lineup spot? I, no, I don't think. Well, I, I think that Maven will stay on the team. As long as he is healthy, I mean that the injuries have really been the question. I think they'd like to have him as a, a fifth option in the outfield, but if they are forced to squeeze him off the roster, they're going to keep Brett Gardner on it instead. Uh, Voight not going to bat second just because that's typically Aaron Judge's spot, and I think he'll go right back into that. But Voight hitting six seven, it's not a bad thing to be. He's going to play every day. Saturday, uh, Paddock against Chris Archer. One of them is good. I think Paddock is going to be fine here. I don't know why people keep rostering Chris Archer. I mean, I understand the strikeouts, but. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's like those are bad numbers with no reason to believe they're going to change. I don't think. Yeah, and Paddock, by the way, it was a ten day minimum stay exactly on target, yeah. and I don't exactly think it's the last said. time. No, I I think they're gonna you're gonna see the same manipulation all year from the Padres, and they yep. should. Why they not? Have a, they have a very easy schedule coming out of this weekend series, and they've already talked a little bit about who are they going to manipulate the the outings for. So you're going to see it a lot with the Padres this year. Just deal with it. And by the way, Padres, for the first time in their history, have two players with 20 home runs each before the All-Star break. Their outfield leads the majors in home runs. The Padres. Yeah. And and, and Fran Reyes is available in like 70% of ESPN leagues. And Greg Vaughn is not one of those two outfielders. Hunter That's... Renfro's great, too. I mean, like... <laughs> We wondered how they were both going to play. They're both playing. Basically, man, you know what? I'm going to admit it right now. Man, one more go. I was just playing wrong. Like, didn't you think he'd be a good player? I think we were both wrong on that one. I <laughs> thought that was like 10 homers and 30 steals for years. And he just, he's just, yeah. he can't hit at I, all. You know what? Margot really reminded me of kind of like the Lorenzo Kane path with a little bit better health. And it's not, it's not pan. Maybe he will have a later part of his career that's like Kane's. Maybe it won't be in San Diego. I, I almost blogged this week on an all, a lineup of guys you can just cut at this point. Um, Buster Posey, go ahead. Nothing's happening there. Joey Votto, nothing's happening there. Robbie Cano, nothing there. I would have been wrong maybe about Josh Donaldson. Lorenzo Cain would be on that list. Like, and Nicholas Castellanos, who's not going to homer enough for you in our bet. (laughs) No, I'm doing, I'm not doing so hot on that. That's a rough start. (laughs) My point there is, and you tell me if it's valid or not, but every player I just named there, if you want to drop them for somebody better, Lorenzo Kane, this is just, it's not happening. Matt Carpenter, if you want to get there, sure. We're, we're at the point now where Cano and Votto, a lot of these veteran guys, it's just not happening. And I see every single one of these points. Uh, I will hesitate on Carpenter just because of the track record and the discipline numbers. But Lorenzo and- Kane's not even stealing enough bases to make it worthwhile. Last I checked, Kane's numbers were supporting and being roster worthy, though. 
barely. I, I, I hate to I know it's barely. a guy like that. But, but you but, get my but, point. Like, I if see you your wait point, but four months for Lorenzo Cain to hit more than 250 with 10 steals, like, it's just not happening. Right. I mean, if it's an opportunity that the next Jordan Alvarez gets called up and that's who you're picking up and, and you need to cut somebody and Kane's the guy, I get it. But I'm not going to, to make some sort of rash decision and cut him for that's fair. A, a plug-in type. But like, say we get ba- really bad news on Trevor's story today. It's a UCL injury again. He's already had one. And Brendan Rodgers, he's our shortstop for the fi- rest of the season. Aren't you dropping Votto and Kane and, and Cano to jump at Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, to. V- Votto, Cano. I mean... Kane, I, I hate to do it. I, I hate I do to see too, but like, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be having this conversation with you on August 1st where we say, yeah, Lorenzo yeah. Kane is hitting 253 with nine stolen bases and four home runs. Like, I just, I don't want to do that. Right. And I, I think, I think we, we, we need to remind the listeners that remember that our, our instinct here is we play in the leagues that go so deep that cutting these players right. is just not a consideration. The replacement is just the level, the, the replacement value level is just not there. A 10 team league. That's what we're talking about. You're an, right. Like right. I have Kane in NL labor, which I'll finish second in again. And I can't do anything with him. I have Votto there too. Nobody's going to take Joey Votto on a trip. Right. Right. And, but in a points league, Lorenzo Kane's doing nothing. He's not, he's not walking enough. It's a low on base percentage, no power. Like it's just not worth it, even in a points league, especially a ten-team ESPN standard. Anyway. I do find uh, one interesting thing here that you haven't brought up because you did earlier in the show mention Ramirez and the cut, and he did not come up one bit in that little past segment. You're right. He should. The reason why he can't be there is because in a roto league he's stealing too many bases. Okay. If Kane had 15 steals right now, I wouldn't be mentioning Kane. Okay, but you know what? And and Ramirez should be off our our drop list too. I I just. I, you're right. Why is Jose Ramirez not on that list for me? He should be. He should be on that list. Yeah. I, what is going to change with Jose Ramirez at this point? Like, if he hits a home run every month and he steals three bases, but he bats only 210, it's just not worth it. Yeah. This is, this is the thing. I'm seeing a ton of people latching onto, and we've said it ourselves, the, he's this year's Matt Carpenter. Remembering that Carpenter had a dreadful first two months of last season, and then he turned it on and was one of the best in fantasy. Do you regret making that decision on May 20th that you cut Matt Carpenter in, 20, in 2018? Of is course. that something you should regret? Why? It, because Matt Carpenter 30 home runs after that point. Okay, and how could you have seen that coming you after couldn't. he ruined your team for you're, seven weeks? You're right. We couldn't have seen it coming. But I think it's a little different now because we're in late June. Yeah. So, like, I feel like yeah. if I dropped Joey Votto in a standard league, maybe not points because of the walks, but in a roto league, I don't see how that can hurt me. And I think we're there with Jose Ramirez unless he just keeps stealing. He's also stealing at a higher rate than his on-base percentage supports. Right. Like, we say that with Billy Hamilton. He can't steal 30 bases because he's not on base enough. Ramirez is at that point. I just, I raise it because this debate comes up each and every single season. It has every year since I've started doing this and nobody gives the firm answer on the thing. And my take is I, I don't think you could have regretted cutting Matt Carpenter on May 20th. That is what the, the metrics were telling you. And if it didn't work out, so be it. In a Less. shallow league, you got to make moves. Exactly. If you wait too long, like, if the main reason we're not cutting Matt Carpenter is because of 2018, I mean, in a month, Tristan, we're going to be wrong. If this doesn't right. change. Well, we, I would, I would argue we probably already are wrong based on what you said. It is not May 20th. But I will say this. If you're in, if you're floundering in 10th or 11th place and you're trying to move up in the standings, I feel like the best way is to rely on one of these guys and hope they do turn it around. But I would argue that this is somebody who is contending. What if I'm in second or third place That's and I have an available spot? You cut that player, I can pick him up. I might benefit and you're done. You're right. You're right. And look, there's no way to win this debate. There's if, none. If 
if if our friend offers me John Lester for Joey Votto, I can't do it. But because Lester is not going to have a great second half, he's just average. But if he offers somebody I really liked, who it would be crazy to trade Votto for. Like, don't I have to, like, Votto for Mike Soroka, don't I have to consider Oh, that? yeah, but I like, don't think you're going to get that. I'm no, wondering whether you should take Lester. Um, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, it's Albert Pujols' first weekend back at St. Louis. How about that? Tyler Skaggs on Sunday night against Miles Michaelis, uh, which is interesting. Skaggs pitched really well in his last outing against the bad offense, and Michaelis uh, looked good in his last outing as well. You don't want Albert Pujols. I assume he'll be in the lineup playing first base this weekend. Um, oh, so Otani won't play this weekend. That stinks. Mm-hmm. I just realized that. Won't play at all because there's no logical field position he that they're willing to can't play first him. base, mm-hmm. and he'll just pinch hit. But, man, that stinks. Yep. Oh, come on. Enough with this already baseball. I mean, they got a million problems from the, from the netting to throwing at people. But the DH, I, I want to see the DH so I can see Otani hit every day. I'm I want to see the DH because I do not ever want to see Matt Strom batting in a key situation in a game. <laughs> Right, and he walks with the bases loaded. And, and I don't want to see, first of all, look, Max Scherzer's amazing. He's still my number one starting pitcher. He wasn't even taking that bunt drill seriously. And that's how the ball hit him in the, in the, broke his nose and gave him a black eye. Mm-hmm. He was like, I gotta do this bunting drill because they're making me do it. I wasn't even looking. I wasn't paying attention. And look what happened to him. Pitchers should not be batting. Yep. They're terrible. That's the worst batting average and OPS in the history of the sport for the pitchers because they don't even try. I mean, there's certain, obviously, Baumgartner's different. There's, uh, Wainwright's different, but enough of this already. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Strom should never have been even coming up to the plate for John Gray to walk him. I want to see Otani play this weekend and he won't. He'll just pinch it three times. May I ask you that. how you felt about this DH debate in 1996? Didn't feel the same way as I do now. The reason and why it's different I'm now is because the, the strikeout rate is exploding. Mm-hmm. And I hate nine relief pitchers on a roster. I, I just, it's yep. not baseball this way. If you tell me, first of all, if starting pitchers in the National League were going deeper into games, I'd be a little bit different, but it's not. They're going five and two thirds innings on average. So yeah. they're not even getting the chance and they're not putting bunts down effectively. Yep. So no, I don't want it anymore. I want the, the game beat. is radically different than it was from 1996. I picked it because it was the year before interleague play started. And I love interleague play, by the way. I think it's cool. I hated it when it started. I really, I really hate it. Now I love it. You know? So mm-hmm. anyway, that was our rant for the day. The second half of the show is coming up right now. And I think changes are coming. I love I, the I fact- don't like the second base and the man on second in extra innings. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I, I don't mind an 18-inning game once in a while. There's very few of them anyway. But... um and kudos to the teams that have already announced they're putting netting all the way out to the foul poles, Texas yep. and was it St. Louis? It wasn't White St. Sox. White Sox. Good for them. I hope Philly does. I hope every team does it. It there, does not affect your view that much. Give me a break. There's an instinctual part of me that thinks as a kid who wanted to catch a foul ball at the games that it diminishes my chances of that. But having watched the dangers of foul balls, you it's can have your right face move. disfigured really fast. And don't tell me, oh, I have a glove. My dad's paying attention. It doesn't matter. 115 I, mile I per hour ball. I, I saw a kid get hit by a foul ball at a game. It's incredibly upsetting. It needs to be done. I was at the game in Houston last couple weeks ago. Like, a uh, mother screamed. It was, it was awful. I Anyway, what, what questions do we have today, Kyle? We've got Michael on Twitter. He notes that Marte's been getting all the love in Arizona, but he wants to know what you guys think of Eduardo Escobar the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't think people realize. <laughs> I mean, Marte, obviously, this is crazy with the power numbers, but... Eduardo Escobar is having a tremendous season, Tristan. He's the number 20 hitter on the season player rater. Eduardo Escobar. Marte is number 14. 
But Escobar, also with middle infield eligibility, I mean, Arizona's got two monster hitters this season, and I don't think we expected either of these to happen. You know, Escobar's, that's an amazing season. He's ahead of Bregman, Marte, Mookie. Man, what great numbers. Yeah. Pete Alonso's number 18. How about that? I wrote about Alonso the other day. Anyway, Escobar, yeah, I don't see why this can't continue. Do you? Do you see any reason? I don't. Uh, Escobar's biggest strike against him was that he did start with two or three weeks of extremely cold play. I, I, I know because of the I had him in my points league, and he's been amazing since then. I believe in fantasy points, they're almost even at this stage. Did you say Coldplay? You want to sing a song? I knew you were going to go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, you sure don't know I've any heard, Coldplay? I'm sure I do, but I don't. I mean, I can't even do that. I mean, I still listen to stuff from the 70s. Uh, anyway, yes, Escobar's going to knock in like 120 runs. You're going to see power numbers this season, people, that you've just never seen before. It's like 15 players are going to hit 40 home runs, including like Soler and, and two Padres outfielders that have never done it before. Like, it's just, you're going to see unbelievable numbers. And Peter Alonso is going to hit 50 home runs. Isn't that amazing? He's pacing. Josh Bell is going to hit 50 home runs. Yeah, he's pacing near Aaron Judge's record. I mean,. <laughs> It's unbelievable what the power numbers are. I, yeah. I would prefer a game like three years ago, but, you know, whatever. It could go back to the same next year. Who knows what they're going to do with the baseball. So you you with me on Escobar over Marte the rest of the way? Over Marte? Yep. Um, I, yeah, I, I think I think what Marte's doing power-wise is just a li- little bit less sustainable. Is that fair? And Marte should be running more. If Marte had 10 steals right now instead of four, I wouldn't say this. But he's just—he's not trying to steal bases. So, Marte—it's pretty close. The the rep for power doesn't go back to the extent that Escobar's does. Not that either of these guys has a reputation for being elite power, but Escobar's shown an ability over multiple years. Right. I think it's safer power for Escobar, but like pitchers are not figuring out what to do with Marte. So, all right, what's next? All right, the Miami Sports Minute on Twitter wants to know if Jordan Yamamoto is now a top forty starting pitcher, or at least trending in that direction. I think I know what Tristan's going to say. I mean, we need to see more than two outings. But how many do we need to see? Will we know when we see it? Like, it's it's two outings against a struggling offense. I, I But I will say we've underrated Marlins starting pitchers. Trevor Richards is a two-star guy next week. He's really good. Yep. Now, he might only win nine games a season like Bumgarner, but he's a good pitcher. Pablo Lopez is a good pitcher. Sandy Alcantara, if he can stop the walks a little bit, is a good pitcher. Yep. I think that home ballpark helps, but... That's why I'm kind of like, yeah, Zach Gallon today, uh, Yamamoto next week for two starts. Is he? I think he might be two. Um, Gallon would line up for. Whoops. So Yamamoto is facing Philadelphia on Sunday. They're not no, hitting it's only at all. Games. He's a Wednesday guy. I would use Yamamoto in Philly on Sunday. You can even win the game. So, but I think it's just a, a tad early to know what Yamamoto is. So I would not rank him in my top forty yet. I mentioned Yamamoto with Gallon earlier just because neither of them was projected to be more than a, a quote, safe back of the rotation guy. And I haven't seen anything to, to shift this for me. No way on top 40. I think he'd have to take the Kyle Hendricks path, which could happen, but he's not an extreme ground ball guy. And it's a 47% hard contact rate so far. And I believe I mentioned on Monday's show that Kyle Hendricks was not hurt badly and it was only a one start. That was wrong. They uh, Now it could be a lengthy absence because of the shoulder injury. So... Something, if you want to drop Hendricks in a standard league, I think you probably could. Yeah. Which is a shame because I like Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. But like, too. look, you only get a certain amount of roster spots. What is it? Three? So like, three if you can't a, wait for Carlos Carrasco and, and you can't wait for Kyle Hendricks, these are top 20, top 30 pitchers, then 
mean, yeah, if you have to move on, you got to move on. Just be aware the guy heading you standing can add Carrasco and get two months out of, of greatness, too. Yamamoto and Gallon pretty much fit the juice of the orange guys for me right now. I think there could be something and they're worth speculating. It's worth speculatively adding, but we need more. We need more. All right, what's next? Spencer wants to know if your opinion of high strikeout batters is now changing given the era of baseball. He's thinking Scott Kingery types. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said it on Monday's show. Tristan doesn't agree, and that's fine. We need more evidence. We need, like, three years of evidence, not three months. But like I said before, like Pete Alonso, he could he could strike out 180 times and still bat 250 with 50 home runs. That wouldn't have been possible five years ago. But in this era, it is possible. Jorge Soler can have a 280 on base and hit 40 home runs. Isn't that amazing? But yes, it can. Framo Reyes is the same. He's the NL version. Mm-hmm. That is actually going to happen, I believe. They're going to have sub 300 on base percentages. Now, Kingery is the lead of today's blog for me. And I basically just said, I think what he's doing is kind of legit. He's not a 300 hitter. He's like a 275 hitter. He never walks, but his his chase rate is so improved. He's swinging at the right pitches and he's barreling them up. So he already has nine home runs last season. In four times the PAs, he had eight home runs. I think Kingery's going to hit 22, 24 home runs, steal ten bases out of middle infield eligibility. That's a top hundred player. Um, so I, I think it's kind of legit, but the batting average, like he's batting third now, which can't hurt. He's hitting in between Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. But like if he batted more than 275 the rest of the way, I think I'd be surprised. But I think the power is kind of legit. He's not Solaire or Fran Mill, but you could see Kingery hitting four or five homers a month, couldn't you? I, I actually liked your projected line. Um, it's a 21% hard contact jump for him. And by the way, I think I wrote this in his profile too, that I liked the batted ball distribution. The contact quality wasn't very good. So uh, I'm with you on this. I think we ignore his rookie year. I, I've done that in a lot in the past and you've said that's ridiculous, but I do think you, you, sometimes you just have to ignore a season when a guy so obviously for months, I'm not, I'm not going to say mailing it in, but he just can't figure out what's wrong. I, I'm going to fight the two labels here that one, I don't, disagree with you on your original point about high K guys. I also <laughs> I don't think it's fair to say that I just the, the, the thing about the rookie years and how you evaluate the rookie season, I was willing to throw that to the side too. I like Scott Kingery a lot as a player. I think you I think you're more in on like two and three year records for players than I am. I think I'm more willing to throw out like a guy's obviously hurt for six months or two months or whatever it is. Um, I'm more, I use my gut more and you use statistical evidence more. I think that's fair to say. That's, that is fair to say. However, I must remind that when I look at a three year track record and I do rely on those quite a bit and a lot on traditional projections, he has three years of projections. You're forgetting the MLEs. And right, I, we have minor league numbers, but like you and I disagree on people, maybe not Kingry so much now, but we did on Monesty for, for re- obvious reasons. That's a completely different, example. completely different reason. And and that's part of this question. Like, Monesty's K rate isn't the problem. It's his walk rate. But if he swings at the right pitches, like Kingery is swinging at the right pitches, Pete Alonso barrels up everything. He barrels everything. I think he has the highest barrel rate. He and Vlad, it was he, Vlad, and Yelich, I think, who had the top three um, off baseball savant. It's amazing what they're doing. Anyway... That's enough on Kingery. Mondesi, I, I got to point out that my objection to him is in addition to the walk rate, he misses a lot. As a matter of fact, 
his swing and miss rate is greater this year than it was last year. So he's getting worse on that front. He's swinging at more non-strikes, and yet he's still getting it done. So I am starting to change and believe that guys who do this can succeed, just because I think that the baseball itself is creating higher hit quality. The oh, contact yeah. rates are improving. Well, not the contact rates, the quality of contact, the, quality. the hit rates. Look, and people think I'm not giving credit to the hitters for making changes. Of course I am. Cattell Marte has changed his launch angle, his approach, everything. Kingery, same thing. Give these guys credit. Pete Alonso for barreling. Give him credit. Yeah, it's the same thing. But it's a golf ball they're hitting with. So when a pitcher has a year like Ryu is, or that Kershaw is having again, or... You know, or Garrett Cole striking everybody out. Give them credit as well. You can right. overcome this. But with a guy like, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but the kid on the Indians, um, the, the nephew of the former closer, who's Plesak, like, you cannot, it's hard to get away with kind of average stuff now. Because when a hitter makes contact, it's doing things it didn't do five years ago. If you're not a strikeout pitcher, it's really hard to escape. Like, Shane Bieber has an amazing strikeout rate. And he might give up 40 home runs. Mm-hmm. Verlander, too. Yeah. Like, this is a new era. This is allowed now. Like, I don't even know how that's going to translate, like, in our sim leagues. It's just, right. it's incredible with these home runs. Anyway. I, right. It's all relative to the league's average. And that's the right. thing. The environment has changed. So we have to kind of bake that into our evaluations of these players. But what Alonso is doing is extraordinary. It's just that in the environment, maybe five or 10 years ago, he'd be a 30 to 35 homer player. That's still amazing. We would look at Alonzo, Kingery, Brandon Lau a lot differently three, four, five years ago. All right, let me... But he might have still been successful. He might have. He might have, but it would have been a scarier to invest. Um, Let me read something from our friends at Lightstream. Um, Are you looking for a way to save some extra money this summer? Who is it? Why not start by paying less interest on your credit card balances? Refinance with a credit card... Consolidation loan from Lightstream. It's an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. There are absolutely no fees, and you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash FFB. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E. AM.com slash FFB. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFB for more information. Back to Kyle. Joe writes in. He wants to know if James McCann is a real deal or if he should consider selling given that there's no stability at the position this year. There is no stability. Um, and I wrote in the, I, Thursday blog every week is about free agents to pick up and drop. There's only like four or five catchers you even have to roster anymore. Posey's not among them. Yadier Molina's not among them. James McCann, I don't see how it can hit 330 all season long. What was his BABIP last time I looked? It had to be like 400. It is. It's 409. <laughs> yeah. He could bat 220 the rest of the season legitimately. So, but, you know, Juice the Orange, he's gotten a hit in what? Five consecutive starts, three home runs in the last four days, four games. Juice it. Juice it like crazy. Juice but it, like but it, it's, it's an orange. It is it, an orange. Like, I think, do you, when you're looking at a catcher, so maybe in a first catcher in a 10 team, you know, one catcher league or in a, as a, in a two catcher league, are you looking at guys like, you tell me, Narvez and Murphy, what a great platoon the Mariners have going. They're both hitting for average and power. You're looking for a guy like McCann, who you know can't hit 330 for long, but is doing it for now. 
Are you looking at Astadio, who started at second base yesterday? You know he's going to hit better than he did the first three months. Like, what are you looking for out of a catcher, or are you just streaming? I'm usually leaning more towards the Astadios. I want the guys who aren't going to hurt you. I think avoidance of bad performance at catcher is the most important thing. And in McCann's case, he's exploiting kind of some tough injury situations to the other men who play that position on his team and kind of exploiting the fact that he crushes lefties. Uh, not walking against righties. That's one big problem. I think that a lot of the BABIP is coming from that side. So I'd stream him against left-handed pitchers. But in general, if I have to lock in a guy, I want with a lo- I want to go with a low-risk player. So juice the orange today. In three or four weeks from now, I won't be shocked if people are like, oh, McCann, he was awful this week. Should I get rid of him? The uh, the only four catchers I say, by the way, this is the order on the player rater. Yasmani Grandal has passed Gary Sanchez, which I did not realize. Um, JT Real Muto is third. Wilson Contreras is fourth. That's it. Like, you do not have to roster Wilson Ramos if you don't want, Yadier Molina. Um, pick up Roberto. You don't realize Roberto Perez has the third most home runs a catcher this season? Roberto Perez of the Indians. That tells you all you need to know about the baseball because yeah. Roberto Perez is not this. This is, this isn't who Roberto Perez is. Roberto Perez is there because he hand, quote, handles the pitching staff well and watching him, he does handle the pitching staff well. Yeah. And he's a good, he's a good catcher. It's just, I, I, people think I'm crazy to drop Posey, but do you see anything changing? I have Posey. It's maddening, especially considering that he's so susceptible to these seven-day concussion IL stints, which is a real shame that that's what's going on. But the production's not there. The power's gone. That's been gone for a while. You brought it up years ago, I think. I don't know. It's nice to have one of those top four catchers. It's. I'm not saying he hasn't had a Hall of Fame career. He won his three World Series, but he is not helping your fantasy team this season. Move on from Buster Posey, even if you're picking up James McCann, Mitch Garver I like, Robinson Torinos, uh, Fegley homered again yesterday. There's a lot of catchers to stream. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's more risk by moving on from Posey to the wrong player. I do. I'm, look, Buster Posey is not going to hit better than 275 the rest of the year, and he's not going to hit more than 10 home runs the rest of the year. But, but, but that's Josh not, Fegley might. But that's not uh, – I don't trust Fegley at all. all right. I, there's not Fegley much has a better chance of batting 210 the rest of the year than Posey does. But That's I huge. Just, I, so then add Tom Murphy. Tom Murphy over Buster Posey. Tom Murphy's not going to hit 210 the rest of the year. Right. I like Tom Murphy. I think that's a good – that's I a have very Murphy good example. in NL Labor. He's my second mm-hmm. catcher after Real Muto. I'm so mad I let him go in Tal Wars. I had to. I was in a roster crunch, and it was a, I knew it was a mistake the day I did it. What are you doing in Labor and Tal? You, you still have a shot to win? I'm competitive, but I'm still a fairly long shot from first. Okay. I'm not going to win Tal in labor. I'm in second, but it looks like it's going to be hard to move up. All right. What else? Thomas wants to know if it's crazy to consider playing Lariano consistently over Lorenzo Cain in Tristan's recommended 6x6 format. (laughs) Lariano's having a much better year than Lorenzo Cain. The 2020 threat doesn't walk, but um, even at a 320 on base, it's better than Cain's. Look, Lorenzo Cain has a track record. Okay, and he was great last year. He stole bases. He's not doing it. And we're halfway through the season. I don't want to wait any longer. I want Ramon Laureano. I don't know which Thomas said. Is that is that uh, Kavanaugh who sends a, a you know? A no, it wasn't him. Day? But yeah, no, Kavanaugh. Lots of Tom's on the show. We've got the quiet editorial watchdog who says nothing. We've got Tom the intern who I hope is doing well down in Florida. Yeah, we got lots of Toms. We got Kavanaugh who's he was supposed to host today's show. I think something happened. He couldn't, he couldn't host. <laughs> yeah, signals so, got mixed. He wasn't allowed on. <laughs> Maybe he should host next week. Maybe I'm not, I'm not doing it. But I think I get Tom. And by the way, I'm playing Kavanaugh on Vampire this week. I have a lead. I've had a lead like every week for the last like month. And I, I find a way to end up in a 5-5 tie. He's got Yelich. 
Ooh, that's why he's so scared. I would be <laughs> too. He asked me on Twitter, should he leave Yelich active? Bench him, yeah. And I didn't want to reply, but like other people were like, "What are you nuts? You're not gonna, you're not gonna lose this guy. He's in last place." Now I'm gonna blow this lead like I always do, but <laughs> you are such a pessimist about your own team. My, I've got, I, My every God. week is five five. You I've, really? I'll bet you the listeners will be behind on this. You are such a pessimist about your own team. Why am I more optimistic about your team? I'm than a you realist, Tristan. This is not pessimism. I'm not winning this. League. I think that tune changes though if Yelich joins Team Carabao. I'll tell well, you. Ask me about labor. I just said what sounded like a pessimistic thing. I still think there's a very realistic chance I could win both leagues. Okay, I can't win out. I can win labor. But I need, like, Van Riper to lose a couple players. I've got Votto and Kane and Tehran, players that just aren't, you know, going to keep, aren't going to help me much in the second half. And, you know, it's hard to trade. It's hard to trade in only leagues. Um, you know, because half the league, there's only two teams above, like, 75 in that league. We're both at, like, 90, 95. So, mm-hmm. like, there's just not a whole lot of motivation to the other teams to, like, do something in a trade. The only thing is in that, in Tout's example, Moving from 90 to 115 is not as crazy a shift as you'd expect over a two-month period. I've seen it done so many times. Sure, but you need a guy like – part of the reason I moved up in ERA and Whip is because I had Julio Tehran. He gave up nothing for two months. But that's not going to continue. Right. You need a J.D. Martinez-esque Arizona You need something run. to change, and it's hard to change it. Like even in Vampire, we don't see many trades because, you know, there's free agency and, like, it's head-to-head, so it's a little bit different. Um, I just don't think – Look, even if I did win this week and got yelled, it's just not enough time for me to turn around to make the playoffs. You can still make the playoffs, right? I can still make top playoffs, four yeah. out of a twelve. I'm over five hundred in that, if I believe. All right, what other questions? Well, no. last one here coming from Bundy. He wants to know what's the one topping you will never ever put on top of a pizza. How is that helping anybody in fantasy <laughs> baseball? No, but sometimes life's more yeah, than I baseball. You. <laughs> is it- Really? That's what you're going with? Sometimes life is more than baseball. With a guy backing Tyler Chatwood for going on 18 months? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, you're a little crazy. Maybe there should be a new producer. The Kavanaugh, can you produce next week? Um, you guys are low on producers. <laughs> just saying. Oh, man. Well, like, Tristan, put peanut butter on a pizza. Oh, God! <laughs> See, that's not a traditional... Uh, no, yeah, that doesn't though. count. You can't... Anch- yeah. I, I, don't, I won't touch anchovies. Have you ever tried anchovies? No, but I won't touch them. Yeah, I'm, I, I, that's the first that comes to mind. I'm afraid to try it. I'm I'm anti pineapple pizza. I hate that that Hawaiian pizza. I really? Don't. Oh, you, I don't have a problem. Are you pro pineapple otherwise? I love pineapple. But you so okay. put it on a pizza? No. They take it off the pizza and eat it separate. Like I'm anti mushroom. My daughter ordered pizza a pizza regardless. with pineapple once, and I was like, uh, and I tried it. I was like, this is fine. This is good. Pineapple is good for you. <laughs> it is, but it's, it's good for you. then eating a turkey itself. leg at every meal, dude. It's and the other thing too is that it's coupled with ham. So. Ugh, I'm not a ham guy. You're a little bit of a ham. I'm with I you am. there. Not a ham guy either, but <laughs> what do you like on a pizza? What do you when you order a pizza, what do you want? Alright, so so my love of pizzas is the weird one. I like the white broccoli pizza or white spinach. Oh my god. You're broccoli, love it. broccoli over spinach, I'll give you that. Love white it. Pizza. Oh no. Oh, it's amazing. Thick or thin <laughs> pizza? Thick. Well, I don't no, I actually like thin better than deep dish though. Yeah, deep dish is like lasagna. That's that's it a gets lasagna. I need lasagna. Lasagna's good, but I don't want it excused dinner. as pizza. All right. Is there ever a better indication <laughs> that we're wasting time than this? Wasn't my question. Yeah, it was. I all, chose it. I didn't ask. It's all it. Dylan Bundy's fault. Let's blame him. I mean, nobody asked about, you know, <laughs> sinks of cold play. Willie Calhoun or <laughs> what other pitcher? Like 
Masahiro Tanaka. The clock say stop the show. Brad Keller's starting twice next week, but well, we figured out what Christian oh wants God. on a pizza. That's okay. But you you started with the answers. <laughs> well, we are done for the week, and I think it's my watch has ended for a while. So <laughs> I don't know what's happening next week, but it ain't me. Thanks so much to Kyle. Does a great job. We rip each other, but. Does a good job with the uh, the hash browns and the producing. It's all love. I, I think Tom Carpenter's there. I don't know. Tristan, thank you so much. Good friend, good co-producer with a uh, co-host with me. I am Eric. That is it. Goodbye. Have an awesome weekend. Everything is awesome. It was all yellow.